Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present, and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art. This podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Living Martial Arts. Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present, and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art. This podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Living Martial Arts. Hello to uh, all the Living Martial Arts podcast fans. Um, hope you're all okay. Uh, we've uh, got a special, special, special podcast. Um, and it's Remembering Master John Black, uh, who's very dear to my heart and very dear to uh, two people I've got with me here. I've got Master Ogborne, and I've also got Mr. Brett Dowling, uh, who is the instructor next to In actual fact, was uh, one of Master's Bla- Master Black's students from a young lad. And I've actually gone up now to take over his schools. He left with his uh, with his sad passing. Um, but uh, you know, it's all about remembering the, the great things about Master Black, the legend that he was. And um, you know, hopefully, you'll get a, a bit of a, a an overview of the type of person uh, that he was. A lot of people within Puma hear his name, but they don't really know a great deal about him. So this is what this is all about. So uh, how are you doing, gents? How are you? Yeah, fine, thank you, sir. Good, good, good. Excellent, excellent. Well, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll start with you, Brett, really, because you, um, as I said, you know, we, myself and Master, we knew you as a, as a young lad, and we knew, um, uh, you know, Master Black, and you grew, sort of grew up as a as a student with him, and uh, I'm sure he was very influential uh, in many ways in your life. So perhaps you can tell us a little bit about what uh, you know about the <laughs> the bond that you had between you. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's, it's difficult to start, really. So, um, yeah, I mean, but most most of my memories of Master Black are quite comical, if I'm honest. Because yes. um, <laughs> I think mo- ours, most ours, people. Are... I was a comical too. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time with Master Black. Um, I think because uh, I was very keen on Taekwondo. My dad used to take me a lot, and um, yeah, he used to spend a lot of time outside of the classes with us. Sure. Uh, partic- you know, particularly kind of a Friday evening, he'd be at our house and yeah. uh, he was showing us 
Sorry, sir. No, I was going to say he, he was he was particularly um, friendly and particularly proud of uh, yourself and your brother Danny. Um, you know, he always talks about you both of you uh, with us, with myself and Master O. Um, and I don't know what, what why why did he particularly have that bond with you guys? Um, I I don't know, sir. Um, I I I think um, I might have been a little bit. Uh, slightly oblivious yeah. <laughs> to that because I because I, I saw him as like, like he was like that with everyone in yeah. a way. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until a bit later on when I used to go and help him with gradings and stuff like that that I realised that sort of you know he was uh, was very kind of honoured to spend that extra time with him. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, th I think he just he enjoyed the the interest mm. in the martial arts and. Um, Definitely. Yeah, the, 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 just kind of had a lot in common as, as time went on, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think um, I mean, uh, you know, from from my from my point of view, and probably Master Old probably mentioned this, but it, it was always very sort of obvious when we came down to uh, sort of extra Devon with with him, um, and there was you know yourself and Danny. Um, he was always very very proud of you, and, and he was always singing your your praises, uh, both of you, about. Um, you know the fact that your, your ability as martial artists, and I think you know. I mean, obviously, he was a he was a lovely chap. But I think what he saw in you was the, the fact that you know you were you were both keen on martial arts. You loved martial arts, and um, you were nice guys. <laughs> you were nice guys, and um, I think the thing and that sounds a bit strange, but thinking about that, he did love people that loved martial arts, but always was nice people as well. You know, not uh, overly aggressive or you know or big-headed or whatever you were very balanced both of you and um i think he saw that saw that in you well, i don't know what what your thoughts there master no i totally agree i think my observations uh looking back to brett you know know him as a how old do how old were you when you started brett i was seven sir yeah i remember um so i think that with master black he he loved people who loved the martial arts because that was his life that was his love uh, and there's two things for me that stood out with him was that the love for Taekwondo and martial arts, Taekwondo in particular, of course, but also loyalty. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's the two things that you exude. And um, I think that's why he took a liking, not only to you, but, you know, to your brother and your family, your mum and dad, that wherever he went, you um so wherever he went, you guys followed him. And that was the same with us. We followed him everywhere. And he was always gracious, wasn't he? He was infectious, um, lovely man who, once you met him, you'd never forget him. Um, and once you got his friendship, then you had his loyalty. And so therefore, you know, I think myself and Master Gal are very loyal to our friends and colleagues. And so therefore, you know, that's why we all fitted in well together. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think that um, that I mean lo loyalty is a rare quality. Um, I find, and people that are, are sort of loyal to each other. And I think, yeah, definitely, um, that was one of the huge qualities of Master Black. Um, you know, if he he showed people um, people that sort of came into his life and was in his life a bit and loved the martial arts, or whatever. He had that loyalty and that friendship with them. Um, and I think that. Uh, as Master Robert mentioned there, because yourself and, and, and Danny were, were always very loyal to, you know, and uh, it, it came over as if you'd do anything for him, you know, which was, uh, which I'm sure you would, and it, and it was great. It was great. It was, a, it was a, a fantastic thing to see. And I think it's important, I mean, people listen to this, 
you know, myself, Mastro, and, and yourself now, Brett. I mean, we, we teach people from a very young age and we have a massive influence on their life, a massive influence. Uh, and it's something that, you know, we should, as instructors, we don't take lightly. You know, um, you, can, you can say, you can build a person up and you can take them down very, very quickly with just a few words. So it's important to, you know, ensure that we're all building people, really, rather than knocking them down. I think that's that's really, really important uh, to do. So from, from a client, I mean, you mentioned, Brett, that, uh, you know, the, the comical side of him. So what, what was it like uh, learning under him? What, how did that com- comedy manifest itself? Um, well, I, I think it was, uh, it, it helped to, you know, with, with there being so many children around, his kind of comical character was, uh, yeah, it was sort of really captivating, I think, as a, mm. as a junior. Um, I think because trained with other people that you know sort of it's, it's quite difficult as a junior to to grasp what they're saying but you know you had a, an amazing way particularly with children i think um, yeah, yeah. yeah um there's even seeing him kind of <laughs> using taekwondo in a in a, in a like fit, a physical taekwondo in a non-taekwondo um manner i mean a, just a, a very fond kind of memory of mine is uh Myself and uh, a friend, Mr. Humphreys, that was uh, we were both sat waiting for my my dad and Master Black to stop ha- or to have a chat in the car park for however long, and uh, not really getting impatient but messing around. Beat the horn in the car, and uh, Master Black just instantaneously turned around, knife and guiding block, ready to <laughs> to kind of take on <laughs> whatever it was, and uh, yeah, we 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 couldn't couldn't. Uh, get a hold of ourselves it was so funny yeah, but, but he, he he done it like it was nothing and just carried on talking um, yeah I, I must have been uh, training for about maybe two or three years at this stage and um, yeah it was the first time I'd seen him do anything like that uh, but uh, yeah I think it just showed how ingrained his taekwondo was and it was just an instant <laughs> yeah it was, uh, it was brilliant well the, the you, you mentioned there about his um uh, the, the fitness side and um, you know a lot of people who knew him uh, towards the end of his life probably didn't realise what a fitness guru he was mm-hmm. um, but man I tell you what uh, he could really really kick it in those early days from fitness um, you know myself and um, uh, Master obviously we were sort of sort of privy to that on some of the training sessions that he did but he, he certainly loved his, his fitness and the people listening to this May not realise that he was um, he was a physical training instructor in the army. You know that's where his uh, his fitness sort of um, passion, I would say, came from. Uh, and along with the martial arts, particularly in his his uh, early days, um, it was a great combination. You know, just having that 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 fitness to be able to um, you know do a good uh, a good martial arts class and, and come out feeling good. So you know, he um, also um, sorry to interrupt. But he also he had a slot on um, local TV as well, didn't he? Yes, he did. He did. We're in between the news and the start of the evening programme, so we do a fitness class. And um, yeah, it was, he was known as Captain Fitness, wasn't he? Down yeah. in the Devon area. And, um, and you know, going sort of full circle, he, um, Newton Abbott <clears throat> gave him uh, the town hall to represent his life at his funeral. Uh, and that was lovely, wasn't it? That they could give that back to him. Yeah, no, it's re- really, really, really nice. He also, um, 
you may remember this more than me, Mastro, because uh, uh, you know you're passionate about cricket. But he um, did he do some stuff for Somerset Cricket Club? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was um, he was their fitness coach, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, for quite, so. quite a long time. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean that was quite impressive. I mean Somerset's uh, you know professional cricket team. Uh, so yeah, he must have seen something in him. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, apart from the madness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he would come up, wouldn't he, with lots of photographs and he'd bring, you know, um, signed pictures and newspaper cuttings and where, you know, Ian Botham was down at Somerset at the time. Everyone knows, I imagine they know who he is. Um, so, yeah, you know, he was teaching all those people, wasn't he? All those, yeah. uh, all those years. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's quite an accolade at the time. Yeah, I, I I think it is. What what um you know for you, Brett? You know you you you've gone on and you've sort of like uh, you know you've you've taken his legacy forward, really in in the area of Devon. You know you're still there. You're still teaching. Probably you know his his thought his uh, memories always in your thoughts. Um, I mean, how, how does it feel now? Sort of, I know it's been a long time. You've taken over his school a long long time ago. But um, what was what was it like at first? Did did you find that tough? Um, I did. Yeah, but particularly after he passed um, and I uh, took on the Newton Abbott School, I was already um, mm. sort of uh, doing the Exeter thing. Mm. Uh, I think the main reason it was so hard was because of the circumstances um, and sort of, you know, missing him like we did and being a, a shock and, and, and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it was quite um, daunting. To start with, to think that you know that the person that had just been <laughs> sort of you know running this, uh, I was kind of trying to keep that going in, yeah. in their footsteps in a way. Um, yeah. yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was quite daunting. Um, it was very sort of doubtful of, sort of what I could do. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I actually I remember speaking to yourself about that uh, sort of uh, briefly and. Um, yeah, he, I remember you said that you know he he said numerous times that's what he wanted, um, yeah, and that you know that that was uh, sort of believed in me and and that kind of that helped. I mean, I, I'd heard him tell me that many times, but um, you know it was it was uh, kind of just reassuring. Um, but yeah, I, I think the 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 most uh, important thing is kind of trying to follow how he did things. I always got the impression that when he was teaching us anything at all. He was teaching us it because he loved doing it, and it's what he would love to do if he was in a class. Yeah, so kind of transpiring that across it, it uh, seems to go down well. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah definitely. I, I think um, you know, I think he's done well. Take, taking over a class from someone like Master Black, um, you know, with his sort of his personality is quite a daunting task. You know, pe- people probably don't don't realise. They think, oh, you know, one person stops teaching, another person stops teaching. But when you've got someone with such uh, a strong personality, then you have to come in and follow behind that. That is really tough. And uh, along with everything else that, that you're going through because of the loss of this person, it's very, very difficult to uh, to deal with. And it's not something that, you know, I hope it's not something that, that, that people do on, you know, have to do on a regular basis because it, it, is, it is very, very hard. Um, I think uh, I think Brett did, has done a magnificent job. I know that Master Black would have been very proud of him, wouldn't he? Hmm. Um, you want yeah. nobody else to take that class, but Brett. And there was lots of uh, people holding their hands up at the time, if you remember Master Gal. But uh, I think 
the legacy continues with Brett and he's doing a fabulous job down there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Um, and I think that, um, as Mass Rob wants, so just to reiterate that, he, he would be really, really pleased with what's happened to it. The fact that you've you've done it, you've kept it going, um, you know, and it's still um, still doing well. You know, you've got some good people down there, uh, some good black belts. Um, you know, well well done to you. Well done to you. It's a, a very, very hard, sure. hard act to, to follow. And um, sort of coming back to your... Uh, your sort of early years of training with with Master Black, and you, you mentioned your, your your dad there as well, because he had a very good relationship with Master Black as well. Um, I remember chatting with your dad, um, and uh, he he was you know he he worked very 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 hard for Master Black uh, and did a lot of the the donkey work. Let's put it that way, a lot of the paperwork. Because Master Black, one thing we know, if you know Master Black, his paperwork was atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> they were as atrocious. So, uh, you know, uh, fair play to your your dad for sort of uh, taking that on. But again, he was very loyal to um, to Master Black as well, and vice versa. Uh, Master Black consistently talked about uh, Charlie and, um, you know, what a good job he was doing. I, I don't know what that came over to you when you were young. Um, yeah, it, it did. Um, particularly in, I don't know, uh, an instance like um, something on the admin side, that uh, he'd left my dad to deal with as such. Um, and then he needed to kind of consult Master Black about it. And, you know, he would just say, whatever you say, I'll back you up. You know, it's not, not a second thought. And I had that occasionally with sort of mm. maybe like uh, teaching discrepancies or something, or it, it just, yeah, don't worry, yeah. Brett, I'll back you up. Uh, but it was, yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't sort of think twice. Um, yeah, yeah. Not the, the loyalty. Uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it was nice. I think he trusted that, you know, we weren't doing anything that was, uh, you know, out of hand or anything like that. So he, he sort yeah. of had the trust there. Yeah. And yeah. That worked both ways as well. De- de- definitely. Well, listen, Brett, I, I want to, well, thank you for, for, for coming on. Myself and Master Rob are going to continue a little bit of a chat about our relationship with him, how we knew him, uh, that side of it. Um, but I, I just want to say thank you really to you uh, for, for taking the time to come on the podcast, um, you know, given your uh, experiences. I know it's quite tough uh, because, like I said, you, you, you sort of knew him when you were, the, the impression you get when you're uh, younger is very, very different <laughs> when you're older. Um, you know, and we, we sort of knew the, maybe a different side to, to him as well. Um, he had many sides and a very, very strong side as well. If you, you know, he didn't suffer fools actually. Uh, or you suffered them for a little bit and then you find out <laughs> he, did, he did that on occasion as, as well and he uh i saw him bite a number of people <laughs> and um yeah so uh you know it, it, he, he did have that that very very strong side to him but thanks very much for that and oh, thank um, you for having me sir uh, no you're, you're you're very welcome and uh uh, also, as well, if anybody uh, listening to this is in the in the Devon area, you'd like to do some martial arts, we'll put uh, a link to uh, Devon Martial Arts, um, Mr. Brett Dowling, uh, in the show notes and, uh, you know, get in touch. Uh, he's a great instructor and um, say so he's carrying on the legacy of Master Black, uh, which is great. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Well done, Brett. Sit, great sit. job, buddy. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon. Excellent. So, Master O, uh, carry on with... Um, with Master Black um, and the memory of him, uh, I think it's important to say how we met. Um, I'm quite happy to begin with this, or if you want to crack on on how we <laughs> how we met him, which was um, 
many, many moons ago in a uh, army camp down in Taunton. So, uh, yeah, I mean, my first my first recollection was um, we were represent. We had this new area that there was a black belt team championship and a new area, which is where we learn our martial arts. Obviously, in the southwest, we got a team together. I think you just got your black belt. I think I was a blue belt, wasn't I? Uh, yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And we uh, we were training um, to fight the current world and European champions within that organization just come back from uh, the ITF world championships in Argentina. And we got a team together to fight all these guys and the Dutch were coming over and they were European champions at the time. Yes. And uh, they had a team and, um, you know, we were young up and coming. Um, how old were we? Must've been late teens, early twenties. Yeah, maybe maybe early twenties. I'm not sure to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I would think it was early twenties because it was uh, it was eighties, wasn't it? It was early, very early eighties. Yeah, yeah. So would I? I, th- I thought it was about nineteen twenty, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, that was quite uh, quite daunting. So you know, we heard that this one of the black belts. I think we met him before them. I can't remember where or how, but the first time we got to know him was. He organised his train session down in Taunton. Was it no, not Taunton? It was down in um, the Marines base, Marine base near, in, not between Plymouth and Exeter. Okay, yeah, I knew it was. It was a military base. I wasn't sure which one. It was. Yeah, I don't know if it's Taunton or down, down wherever. But anyway, we went down there, and uh, he he laid this hall on for us. And um, afterwards, we had the swimming pool. We went in there. Um, and then, um, uh, Limstone. Limstone. yeah, Limstone, yeah, thanks. I think Brett uh, nudged us on that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he laid on the food, and it was just wow, who is this guy? He was so energetic, he, he loved he, you know, he instantly took a liking to me and you, he was very kind to us, mm. and he was such a, a funny character. Um, obviously, held a bit of status because he was a a PTI instructor, physical training instructor in the Marines. And so, you know, we was racing around the place, but, you know, we had the, the use of the swimming pool, uh, the hall, and it was quite a tough event, you know, leading up to fight against the, you know, this big event up in um, the Midlands. And yeah, he was just so gracious, wasn't he? He was a lovely guy. And that was obviously my first big memory of him um, and how fit he was. He took training session part of it and we were absolutely exhausted i've never known anything like it and he couldn't as you said earlier he continued to be like that until you know until you know his last days um you know my, my memory of, of it as well was going on the summer camps he, he was like super fit and he would get himself ready for that camp and uh, he would drag us along to it although you didn't really need much uh pushing or inspiration but i did and he was brilliant to me he was just so kind and helped me <clears throat> get my fitness up and ready you know for the week's events or tournaments even to the fact that uh i think the world championships um when the, i won an individual gold he would come up every wednesday to bristol sorry about that we've got i've got a helicopter site near me that's the oh, oh no that's yeah. okay yeah um you know, on Wednesdays, he would come up. Tuesdays, he would come up. The old Tuesday, old Wednesday. And uh, he would put me through my paces. And 
where you know where you had all the bawling in shouting which you know i aspire to and i still do it myself which i get people up you know to compete in championships he would do that but he would always be very gracious as well give us lots of inspiration he would do that to me he'd come back you know he was actually saying flipping egg i think you're gonna win this and i was just wanting to survive you know i had the confidence i could work i had the confidence i could survive uh, and could possibly win but it was it was more survival because i knew there's some big hitters out there um the world championships that we got involved in you know you had wacko world champions coming in um from all over the world and he just kept saying oh you're looking really good marky you're gonna win this you're gonna win this so that was my sort of vivid memory of myself with him yeah going back to that initial time where i first saw him and thought wow he was all in green that day with his combat fatigues and then i think he came in with a white shirt and some navy bottoms which was his training outfit yeah, yeah. and uh you know sort of mr fitness and then carried it through to you know sort of the highest point in my taekwondo career so yeah what a lovely guy always generous and always nice um giving out compliments to everybody yeah no <clears throat> i mean my, my experience is very much the same what, one thing i do remember about that first meeting is is, is in, his insistence that we need to have tea <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have, a tea, have a cup of tea no that's right no no you gotta have one you gotta have a cup of tea I said, yeah. I don't want tea. Well, you, you got to have it. You got to have it. <laughs> <laughs> he, was always, he was always a big one for his tea, um, wherever, wherever he went. And that, that never that never changed. Um, mm. You know, when we were on summer camp, uh, you know, he, he'd make the tea and then he'd give us a commentary. Yeah, I'm just putting the water in there, guys. I'm just putting the water. All oh, the tea bags are going in. The tea bags are going oh in. Oh, my gosh. And, and the, we'd have this run-in commentary of him. I'll make it a cup of tea, a pot of tea. He was like that with everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know when we when we go when we go away on you know train weekends or camps or competitions he would he would give running commentaries wouldn't he all the yeah. time yeah. consistently right i'm just putting my socks on now guys <laughs> <laughs> shut up it was you know and my dad was an old soldier guy and we used to love watching um what was the program with the um it ain't half hot man yeah yeah windsor davis yeah windsor davis there was that uh sort of iconic um show about you know the army personnel yeah in india and they you know they were on national service because that was a big thing was it even for us yeah, you know, yeah. joining the army or joining the navy or one of the forces mm. and um yeah you know he's just because he was in the army he used to rattle back to all that you know the way he did fitness the way he took his classes mm. and also the way that uh you know, he would be regimented in everything that he did, but he was quite fluffy in his head as well, wasn't he? Like, yeah, he was. But I, th I think that's why. He, I think that's why he. Um, that was his persona, though. I think. I think he definitely uh, hammed that up quite a lot as well, didn't he? Well, I think that's why he valued our friendship because he, he would often say, "You know, this. Oh, you guys are just like the army guys. You know, I know you got my back and stuff like yeah. that." Yeah, um, yeah. He'd say that quite often. Yeah. Um, and looking back yeah. now, you know, he he felt secure uh, with us and that we yeah back and that you know we wouldn't um, we would always uh, be there uh, for him uh, which was Im important uh i mean sort of go going back a little bit he um he started his martial arts in china as well he used to tell us about his um well it's hong kong wasn't it because yeah. he was uh, serving out in hong kong yeah he, and he used to tell us about about that i remember he told me this story about um you know a lot of people who, who are listening to this that don't know about the, the sort of traditions of the early martial arts, you know, you never go in and ask for your belt. 
Uh, and I remember he said he asked for his belt, and the instructors just looked at him, gave everyone else a belt, and carried on taking the class. He said it was three months later he actually got his belt. <laughs> yeah. And that, that still rings true today, doesn't it? You know, within the organisation that we're a part of and, you know, previous um, training methods that you never asked to take a grading, you never asked, you know, for your new belt, even if you passed the grading, you would yep. never ask. It was always awarded to you. Yes, that's right. I think that's a great, that's a great, a great way to actually continue in the martial arts because in today's society it's the opposite isn't it if you've got the money you get it whatever you want you can have it you've got to look at our children and the way that they're being brought up you know 300 400 pounds pair of trainers you know and they keep nagging and nagging and eventually you know parents give into it but uh in those days it was the opposite yeah sorry and then they want another pair (laughs) yeah and they play football in it and they're dirty and then they want another pair yeah so um yeah, it's definitely the journey in martial arts that uh, that makes it worthwhile. And he was he was very traditional on that front. In fact, he was our backbone, was he? He would always tell people off if they ever. Um, very rarely, but when he did, oh, it was quite scary, wasn't it? Quite frightening. Yeah, it was like a switch, a switch being turned on. Yeah, I, I can think of a half dozen times that he did it. Yeah, and he it didn't matter who it was, how high up they were, or yeah. Um, how familiar they were. I mean, he did it to me once. I overstepped the mark with him. Um, just sort of having, you know, we had fun all the time, as you know, three of us just continually on cloud nine. But um, I remember once I overstepped the mark with him. I remember he was older than us and higher grade than us. Mm. Oh my God, he roasted me and he let me know about it. And looking back, back on it, of course I deserved it. He wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Um, it was something quite trivial, but to him i'd overstep the mark and uh yeah, yeah. he put me in my place but the, i don't remember that time but that was like wow <laughs> I, I, I remember a couple of times when he when he when he, he did that because um and and it's, it's interesting because you never saw that side of him very often not many people saw that yeah uh, not, not many people did but when he did you think wow you know i mean he was uh he'd really go for it it's like a a switch just gone somebody's just pressed the switch got bang you know, and go from not to 100 in a few seconds. But uh, I think, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of instances I want to mention. And um, the first one was when we met uh, the founder of Taekwondo, Major General uh, Che Hong He. And um, <laughs> I remember when, um, you know, Master Black uh, was along with us. And uh, I, I'm sure you remember this. He kept asking uh, General Chase quite some quite personal questions. <laughs> and um, you could see General Che getting a little bit uncomfortable as time went on. And um, all of a sudden, General Che looked at me and said, right. No, actually, was, yeah, it was General No more personal questions. Yeah. And everybody went quiet. Master, yeah. Master Black went quiet. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, in, he's in trouble there. But uh, yeah. that was quite a funny moment. It was, yeah, because we had, we had great fun about teasing him afterwards yeah. because – he was so excited to see the founder of Taekwondo and he just couldn't believe it. You know, even <laughs> he, he got given an ITF badge, didn't he, in Hong Kong? Yeah. And he wanted to give it to General Che as a gift. Yeah. And of course, everybody on the planet, once they got to Black Belt, they were given a... Yeah, ITF. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's so it, funny. It, yeah. Che said, we'll have, loads, have lots of those or something like that. Yeah, everyone around the table had one. But obviously to John... 
Yeah. His was from Hong Kong, so it was special. But it was because if you put them in, if you all put them in a hat, you wouldn't know, you know, them yeah. apart, would you? But uh, mind you, I don't, I don't think General Che knew that. But the, the other thing I was going, the other thing I was going to mention was that if anybody ever went anywhere with him and he was driving, it was like taking your life in your hands. Um, oh my gosh, yeah. But he got caught speeding a number of times, didn't he? Well, he, uh, and it's not so bad if you're speeding and you're looking at the road. Yeah, if you were sat behind him in the back seat, yeah, running around, and I'm starting talking to you, and you go, whoa, 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 watch the road, watch the road, yeah, yeah, and they go, whoa, I got flipping heck, John, yeah, yeah. In fact, if you remember, in the end, we used to drive him everywhere, didn't we? Yeah, so we pick him up, we meet him somewhere, we'd always drive. Yeah, yeah. He would, you would let him take the wheel, but just said, no, no, don't worry, we'll, we'll drive. Yeah, he was legendary on that front. Everybody knew, didn't they? And uh, it, it, not only was that, he'd have that on there, and then he'd have the um, the, the music on really loud. Um, yeah, he'd be singing and dancing to it. He'd have music, he'd be talking to people in the in the back, um, and not concentrate on the road. He'd just think, wow, I, <laughs> I, I, I never survived. And he always had those pocket rockets as well, didn't he? He had XR3, XR3i, he had yeah. a Peugeot GTI, all these fast, racy cars. Yeah, he loved his... Uh, oh, my car. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, a bit racing, but they, I mean, uh, you know, looking back at it, I mean, they, they, were, they were great, great times, and we had some real, mm. real fun together. Whenever we went away, um, you know, it, it was, uh, it was always going to be a laugh. Um, and the thing about it, you know, talking about going away, I remember it, or going out. I remember, you know, us, for example, at Christmas time, going uh, out clubbing, and everybody knew him. You know, the bouncers on the door. Ah, oh, hi, but yeah. we got an ever free, didn't we? It was like it was like it was like it's like going out with um you know top sportsman where it was on TV. Was he no- was a celebrity. You literally, I mean, you know, we went to one, one nightclub and I always remember the DJ said, "Hey, everybody, Johnny B is in the house," and the whole nightclub started cheering, jumping up yeah. and down. Yeah, and he was next to us. We we're thinking, John, oh him, oh he's Blackie. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> And then, you know, there's lots of, I mean, I remember I went to see a, con- well, a concert. It was like an open air outdoor show where um, it was a seaside resort, Sidmouth, mm. and they had bad manners down there and uh, at a folk festival. And I was, you know, I was sat there with, who I was with at the time, and we just sat there enjoying the music. Uh, and there must have been, you know, a thousand people there. And all of a sudden there was this big, like, movement of people to the right and all you know people all waving and shouting saying oh must be the next act coming on and it was blackie with like an entourage of all the fitness um ladies from one for a sports center and all the other sports centers on a night out and he was waving to everybody and who was going up to him thinking i don't know and i remember went up to him i'm you know we were best friends absolutely best friends i remember going up to him and he was hello marky how are you and other people kept butting in. He said, hold on a minute. He's talking to me. Yeah, yeah, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm thinking, crikey, it's like being with, you know, I don't know, the Queen or <laughs> Prince Philip or, or some other dignitary in Devon. Absolutely well, unbelievable. It, it, it's, you mentioned something there, the, the music. And, um, you know, you you'll have been privy to this, but, you know, I'd be driving home from my class at 10 o'clock at night, and all of a sudden I get the phone and it was... <laughs> And then in the background would be music. Oh, listen to this, bro. Listen to this. Listen to this, bro. And he'd love his love his uh, his music. And he'd be yeah. there for about three minutes without talking, just the music going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I've got my phone going, 
yeah, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> and um, he was always like, I'd be at home, exactly, exactly the same. Or um, he'd leave music on the answer phone. If I yeah. And he'd be rapping to it. Yeah. Rapping yeah. with it, leaving messages. So, and, um, you know, that, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what he was like. Uh, you know, like, like, like genuinely, genuinely, sometimes when my phone rings late at night, I think, but, oh, no, it's not Blackie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because yeah. he did it so often. Yeah. Um, and he also used to um, get messages through to Radio One, didn't he? He did, yes. Yeah, yeah. Radio One would, uh, he would be on to Radio One all the time. I remember I was coming back, you know, going to a cricket match on a Saturday afternoon. There was no Taekwondo on, so I played the old game of cricket, mm. listening to the radio. And it, yeah, it was a big, big up to all the people taking part in the Sidmouth or Dawlish or whatever fate uh, show with uh, good luck to all the Taekwondo people today, Johnny Black. You know, hey, how did he manage to go on Radio One? Yeah. And the amount of people, who, you know, up and down the country, you know, go to a championship and they would say, Yeah, we, we heard Blackie was on the radio again the other day, thinking, Wow, yeah, you know, just on it all the time. It, 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 was, it was great. But I mean, um, you know, we, we, we were uh, lucky, I feel very privileged and honored to have been, you know, one of, one of his close friends and, um, you know, one of his, his sort of confidants. Uh, you know, I, I, I do miss him, miss him uh, all the time, particularly at different events where you think, you know, this, we need a bit, someone to cheer this up. <laughs> yeah. You can always guarantee that Blackie would um, uh, just say something or do something and everybody would relax. Um, yeah. That, that, yeah. That was the sort of influence he had. Uh, yeah, definitely. He, lovely, lovely man. Uh, we're truly blessed to have him as a friend, weren't we? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to try and... Uh, Again, people listen to this. Um, if you go to uh, livingmartialarts.com, I'm going to put some pictures up of uh, us with, uh, with Master Black, um, you know, and, uh, you know, have a, have a look at them. You'll get a, a bit of a sense of, uh, of his fun, and what he was like. Uh, but more than that, he was just a lovely, lovely man. And, um, you know, we, we, uh, we miss him. Yeah, we miss him badly. Miss, miss him dearly. <laughs> He's a lovely man. But uh, Master, I want to thank you very much for uh, coming on to this and um, giving your uh, your thoughts about uh, Master Black in this podcast, remembering Master Black. Uh, hopefully people will get an idea when they hear his name, they'll know what he's all about and uh, why we loved him so much. So, uh, you know, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, you too, my friend. Okay, you, you take care and I'll uh, catch up with you very, very soon. Uh, so again, all the Living Martial Arts podcast fans, uh, have a look at my blog, livingmartialarts.com. There's some info on there. You'll see some pictures of Master Black and, um, you know, our times with him. Okay, see you soon. Oh, sorry. Right. We've got uh, another uh, one of our Puma instructors, Mrs. Karen Parker, who uh, knew uh, Master Black uh, back in the uh, early days uh, in the 80s. And um, he's going to just talk a little bit about... Uh, the legend that is Master John Black. So, hi, Karen, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, you you knew, um, there's not many people around, actually, that knew um, uh, John Black, Master Black, uh, back in those early, early days. And, um, you know, you you are one of them. So, um, I don't know, go, go for it. What, what what can you say about him? <laughs> uh, well, I've tried to keep it succinct because I could talk about Master Black for, um, for such a long time. Um, I like to call him, as I always called him, Jazzy B. He's, he's always been Jazzy B to me. I know he's got his proper names, but that was what he was to me. And like you say, I knew him from a very uh, early stage in the TAGB. 
Um, I could probably laugh and cry during this because his his imprint on me is is massive and it, it's still with me. Um, so first of all, he was always had a problem with them names. So to he used to call me Carrie. I don't know who Carrie was, but I always answered to it. Um, there's a West Country use of uh, I shouldn't own up to this because people hopefully won't cotton on. I hate being called Car. Uh, it, it is a West Country thing, but there's about a small handful of people that I allow it to slide by because they're so endearing. Um, so he used to call me Car or Carrie or or just forget. Uh, he uh, he is still with me because there's a song that I hope people will look up. Um, I have mentioned it to you just after he passed away, and I listen to it regularly. I do a lot of swimming, cycling, and running, so I'm out doing endurance stuff and I like to remember things um and he is a strong very strong consistent memory that appears you know very often during the week or the month or the year it's a, a song called cartoon heroes by aqua okay. and if you look at the lyrics and um, read the lyrics you know there's there's not too many of them um but the the chorus is we are cartoon heroes and to me he is a hero and he was a bit of a cartoon uh, in life as well, a real life one. Um, so those of you that don't know him, he was Spider-Man on all the junior summer camps. Uh, <laughs> as time went on, the Spider-Man used to duplicate and then triplicate and then quadruplicate. I was never entirely sure, um, racing out the bushes on the night walks to um, give the children some extra entertainment uh, to um, spot Spider-Man. Um, uh, mostly it was him, but there was other people that joined in his fun, which was infectious. And there was lots of Spider-Men and nobody would ever own up to who was one or the other. And you could only go by height. Uh, I'm, I've got my suspicions as to who the others were, but I honestly don't know. And that's the sort of charm he had over people. He encouraged them to um, to be more colourful. Uh, so to me, he is Spider-Man, which goes to that uh, Aqua song, which Spider-Man is in and Superman's in it also. And to me, he was a Superman as well. Yes. Uh, I can still see him. I can still hear him. Um, and, you know, he is infectious. He taught me once uh, a lesson on short sticks. Sorry, I don't know the real name for short stick martial yeah. arts. Yeah. But um, it was so inspiring. I didn't get 99% of it, but I wanted to learn so very much more and more and more of it. Um, it was just entertaining from start to finish. Um, I think I'll stick to chopsticks. But if you ever if you ever taught by him, you became so enthusiastic. It didn't matter what he was teaching. It could be walking stance. It could be sitting stance. It could be the short sticks from one extreme to the other, but it was entertaining. He did infect you with, uh, you know, the most wonderful plague to, to learn more and to listen. But he did it with such humour that you couldn't take your eyes or your ears away from him. And he was like this with everybody. Mm. Uh, so um, and then he would disappear. Um, this is I'm relating this to the summer camps, which he was always such a huge part of back in the early days. He would disappear, come back with different clothes on, um, often with a toothbrush hanging out of his mouth, um, <laughs> you know, multitasking as always as he did. Um, and there was one special top, which people more recently may remember, his bright yellow beach rescue top. Yeah. Now, to me, that sort of epitomises everything about him, really, because it said beach rescue on it. And I have to say, 
I would trust him with my life. He would rescue anybody. And I mean, not just those people he knew. He would literally react to any situation to help out. He was impulsive. He couldn't help but care about people. And it was from the most random person in the street to to those that were stood next to him. His eyes and his ears were always literally on 100%. Although I have to admit, at the drop of a hat, he could turn into a dormouse and fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I'm not surprised because he, he was such high energy. Um, and I know that sometimes, you know, he struggled, um, you know, with his high energy, but he just took it all in his stride and you know he had an effect on everybody certainly me um and he does leave a footprint on your soul I'm afraid he does you know he is he has touched my soul he is in my soul and he's very much around me during you know any part of the year like I said and just to finish with how his effect uh was so profound on me was i actually changed the way I taught I have I opened my first club in 1994 but I was teaching prior to that and it wasn't until maybe um five years later that I'd been taught quite a lot by him and the style of teaching with his humor was so charismatic and so captivating I thought I have to learn how to put that into my my teaching and I literally grew it. And his was his style of teaching was my seed to improve my ability in class. And I still use it because it works. Uh, you and I came from a very serious style of class. You know, yes. uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say it was mostly guys. Um, it was, you know, a few a few women, um, a few children, but predominantly it was men. Um, and. As times changed, we've got a totally different style of, of classes now. They, they're really inclusive. And just to make, so our, our style was very serious and, and quite hard and quite gruelling. And then you meet um, Jazzy B, Master Black, and you think, no, you can teach in a different way. You can teach with humour, with fun, uh, with laughter and come out brimming with knowledge and have, have the best time. So... I stole it. I duplicated it. I'm nowhere near as good as him, but that's what I took from him. And I hold it very dear to my martial arts heart. So he did have an effect on me. And there's so much more I could say about him. Excellent. Well, crikey, you said you said a lot there. I just want to, uh, you know, for, for the people listening, bring back a couple of things. And uh, you mentioned about the uh, the short stick, but um, what, whatever he was teaching, you go, oh yeah, do this, do this, and before you've done it, you go, oh, and, and try this. And then I you, know. And then, and then before you've done that, try this. So in the end, um, you, you just love the fact that he was so enthusiastic. He wanted to show you everything he knew, all all within five minutes. Um, and in the end, you didn't get any of it, but it was so nice. <laughs> you, just... Well, you did. You, you'd spend an hour with him, and it would feel, I'm not joking, like five minutes. Yeah. You'd get so confused because you just start doing the drill. And we'd be on to the next one. Uh, but I'm sorry, they were some of the, they, I'm sorry, they are the top of my list of lessons. And I know I learned something because I can remember them now. And I can't say that from, for everybody that I've been taught by. Yes, I've learned something, but does it stick right in my mind, right at the forefront? Yeah. Uh, 
his does. Oh, excellent. No, well, thank you for that. And the, the other thing that you mentioned, the bright yellow top, which, uh, yeah, I have some pictures. And uh, those people uh, listening to this, if you go to um, livingmartialarts.com, you'll be able to see some of those pictures and Master Black and his bright yellow rescue top, which became uh, infamous. <laughs> so, so I just want to say thank you very, very much for sharing, um, you know, your thoughts on Master Black. Um, you know, uh, we, all, we all miss him and uh, hopefully... Uh, you know, his memory, well, not hopefully, it will. It will. His memory uh, does live on and will live on. So thank you for that. Thank you. No, th- thank you for letting me uh, just say a few words about uh, one incredible guy that I that we'll, we will never, ever forget. No, def- definitely not. Hi, it's me, the Dark Master. We're back with uh, someone else who knew Master Black, Master Johnny Black, very well, uh, trained under him um, as one of his students. Um, we've got Miss Louise Reeve. She's one of our... Puma martial arts instructor, instructors, teachers in uh, in the Bristol area, Clifton Hen Lees, um, and I said had um, you know great knowledge about uh, Master Black in the early days. So uh, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great, and uh, really happy to talk about Captain Fitness again. Excellent. Excellent. Well, perhaps you can tell us um, a little bit about it. We've had a few people on uh, talking about him, and um, you know everybody, everybody uh, that knew him uh, mm. probably had a, a slightly, I would say, slightly different relationship but also had a lot of similarities um you know experience with him as well so uh, perhaps you can tell us a little bit about your experience with him yeah yeah I mean I I started there early 90s so I think 1991 uh I started there and um I've got just crazy memories to be honest um it was a, a mixed class we had adults and juniors all in together and it was huge the class was massive it was just the biggest thing um and it was quite old fashioned uh with the structure so you know black belts would come in come in and they would sort of stand on one side of the hall and we would stand on the other and we couldn't really mix you know we were and I think um the thing that I remember about Master Black was that he was actually really keen for us all to just get on and uh and he was a very very kind person and he was always the biggest personality in the room no one could match him you know he, he walked in and the whole the whole room just shifted slightly um sure. And I, I mean, I've got so, so many very particular memories as well. I mean, with um, in, in now, nowadays, it's always funny when I'm talking to my students about going to a demo because it's such a big deal going to a demo now. Um, but in those days, every weekend was demo day. You know, it was just it was just it just happened. That was expected, you know. Um, and uh, I think one in particular, well, I, I mean, I almost remember every single one of them for different reasons. But there was, for instance, um probably mid-90s when Mortal Kombat came out, he managed to get us a gig doing a demo in the middle of the, the biggest cinema in Exeter while this movie was premiering. And, and, you know, people just wanted to get their tickets. They just wanted us to get out of the way and get their tickets. But but it was, uh, that was, yeah, that was an experience. But it was things like um, demos in car parks and, uh, you know, in... <laughs> on the high street he'd just suddenly say yeah we're, we're meeting you know outside this shop come along and then all of a sudden we get there and, and we were doing a demo on the pavement and yeah. people had to walk around us um and he would get he'd get celebrities he was such a magnetic personality he would get celebrities to come in so he would have people like um well-known djs i, I couldn't name any of them to be honest but they were you know everyone else seemed to know who they were yeah. uh, and uh he'd come in and he'd teach them how to do destruction right there you know he'd say oh come and break a board come and break a it's the least radio friendly thing you could imagine, but he would be teaching them how to break a board while this guy was speaking on the microphone saying, right now he's showing me how to do this. And now I'm going to do this and I'm going to do a big key. And, and it's, it's hilarious. The whole thing was just hilarious to be honest. Um, and that, that I think 
that's probably one of my biggest memories of Master Black was his infectious joy of everything, mm-hmm. just of everything that he did. And it's very much how I try and teach now. I, I'm aware that I've got, I've, I've kind of got almost a, um, a double whammy with my teaching. Yes. I, I teach like my both, both my instructors. So I've got yourself and so I teach very much like you because whatever you teach on Tuesday, I teach on Wednesday. Right. Um, but, but also because, um, because of the, because of the, the, the absolute infectious joy that he would bring to every single class, be it, you know, juniors or adults or a mixed class it made no difference. Everyone left with a big smile on their face. And that to me is what it's all about. You know, if you can get people enjoying what they're doing, it won't matter if it takes them five years to do a grading because they're, they'll come back because they love it. And that's, you know, that's the journey, isn't it? That's the journey. Well, it, it, it is. And um, sort of just coming back to one of the things you said there about his infectious personality. And many, yeah. many moons ago, I did um, a trial for, uh, for gladiators um, in the early 90s and, and oh, I remember that until yeah. the gladiator was there and all of a sudden uh, master black made this um this connection with him uh, so much so that we ended up doing a television program with hunter showing uh, <laughs> him how to um to do taekwondo um it was actually hosted by uh, vanessa phelps funny enough but it was all because of master black because he said yeah. um and, and he kept going on about oh yeah this is this is my friends these are my friends oh they're oh these world champion and he's this and he's that and whatever and all of a sudden hunter goes oh, oh great well, you know would you like to do something with me you know and uh um that that was it really so i think um it, it, it was it was something at the time which um i knew but now with him gone yeah so evident because there's no one really like that around, and no, I no. miss him because of that. Because of that, you know, I was a, I was quite a celebrity in Exeter. Because when I ever came down to visit, him, he introduced me to everyone. In, you know, in Exeter, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, he was a real, he was a promoter of people, wasn't he? Not he was, yeah, he was the art, but of of the people in it, and you know, that's why he was the heart soul. I think he was just the most amazing promoter of human being and of human nature, and. Um, and kindness, you know, he just promoted compassion and kindness. And I think that was, you know, in a really joyous way. And I think that was um, very telling. I think that's probably one of the unifying things that we're all going to say about him, to be honest. Yeah, and I think also as well, and I've obviously thought a lot about this. And um, one of the things that I think he, he had a, a, a real sort of call it a talent, I think it was just something inborn, but he could, he could, he could talk to, um, you know, a, a, a white collar worker and a blue collar worker, or if you want to call them like that, or any type of person from any background, and have some kind of connection, and eventually just get them laughing and smiling as if they were they known each other for years. Um, he had that sort of uh, that kind of um, uh, personality, which was really unique, actually, uh, in martial arts at that time. Certainly, in those early days where martial arts were very sort of um, uh, you know stiff upper lip, and you know you, you were allowed to smile or laugh or whatever. Um, mm. And he, ter- he t- totally blew those rules apart. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I remember mm-hmm. training at the academy, you know, at sort of, it was a bit of a crossover at certain times when I was training at the academy, coming up from my black belt. And the difference was huge. It was really quite difficult to go into that really strict where you're not allowed to have any fun. You're not allowed to yeah, show yeah. the joy that you have in what you're doing. Yeah, because yeah. that's not, it's just not done. You know, it's not, not that you don't want to have joy, but it's just not done in a public way. Um and yeah, and and it made us. I think it made us all very forgiving of him as well, because he was just such an amazing person that when when things did go wrong, it was okay. Because when, I know we were talking at the moment about my belt, and that the, the one thing, the one thing that I will um, that will always take with me forever is the fact that he could never get my name right. 
Yeah. <laughs> Never get my name right. Oh, you're um, really special about that. I could get, <laughs> <laughs> could get my name right. <laughs> I can believe that. I can believe it. But um, I mean, I, I literally had, um, I, I, I must have had about 15, 16 different names while I was in Exeter for that, uh, during that time. And I, I, I used to, you know, I used to go and compete quite a lot. And he yes. was very good at getting all of us in the papers. So I, I know I wasn't anything special, but he, he was very good at promoting us all. But I, I don't think I ever had two news articles written about me with the same name. Yeah, yeah. It, and, and it was, I think he was, um, there was, he had another student that also started with REE. And yeah. so, and he used to just muddle us up. And I was Revis, I was Lewis, I was yeah, that sort of thing. Um, and I remember a reporter coming around at one point and um, we'd just done a bit of a demo and they were done some publicity shots for the paper. And uh, she went to him, okay, can I have names? And he got to mine and he went, she's uh, Louis R- R- uh, and she came over to me and said, "Is your name Rara?" And I said, "No, no, no, no." It's just that you can't remember what my name is. Don't worry. But she thought I was Louis Rara. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he, yeah, he didn't. He, his memory wasn't the best thing, but it didn't matter. It just didn't matter. No one cared. <laughs> well, listen. Th- thanks ever so much for for sharing some of those thoughts. Uh, really, really appreciate it. And. Um, uh, as, as as I said on some of the other ones I've talked to, you know, that there there are always um, we all had a slightly slightly different relationship with him, but there were some very very uh, sort of common threads running through the relationships. Yeah. In fact, he was a, he was a lovely guy, and he'd always you know have a chat. He was always fun and so on. So um, you know, I, I'm hoping that people will get a a bit of a picture of what type of guy he was and why he is so 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 missed mm. now. I I'm, I must admit I miss him every day. <laughs> and every event and every single event that we go to, I miss him. I, I, you know, he was always on the door. He was always the person who would greet everyone and smile at everyone. And um, yeah, he could definitely turn a, a bad day around, couldn't he? Just by being in the room. Yeah, so yeah, yeah definitely. I miss him. Well, that, thank you very much. For that. I really appreciate it. And, um, no, thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure people will get a, a great picture about what sort of guy he was. Thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, hi, this is the Dark Master um, coming back with uh, someone else who knew uh, Master Black um, uh, quite well. Um, we have uh, Michelle Cole, who is um, works in our, our admin department for Puma Martial Arts. And um, and again, uh, you know, we're, we're all just talking about Master Black, what he was like, and um, maybe the influence he, he had on us, or perhaps uh, the influence we saw he had on other people. So um, how, how are you doing, Michelle? How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Excellent, excellent. So, yeah, as I mentioned, I mean, you you, you knew Master Black. There's not many of us around now that uh, knew him uh, that well. But, um, well, you know, what, what can you tell us about him? Yeah, I think I, I knew him really well because, obviously, living in Plymouth and him living in Exeter and never wanting to drive, I used to drive him around quite a lot to lots of people events, competitions, winter camp. Winter camp was sort of our thing where I'd pick him up. You'd sure. make me a cup of Kate made me a cup of tea at home while he was still packing because he was oh, always well. late. You can, tell, you can tell he liked you because he made you a cup of tea. He always made a cup of tea for the people he liked. Yeah, <laughs> always. And his house was immaculate. I'm sorry, he's doing with proper house envy, actually, because he was always really neat and tidy. <laughs> yeah, but, he was. Yeah. And you just get in the car and he, he was just like to be driven. And, you know, we drive and then we chat about anything and everything. And he was just the most amazing listener and was always, even whether he... He wasn't interested. You always knew he was, he always thought he was interested in you and remembered yeah. stuff you told him. He was a, just a great friend. I think I'm one of the few privileged people that could say he was my friend. 
Yeah. And that, yeah. you know, and I do my things. We used to speak nearly every day. He would phone for silly stuff. Yeah. yeah. And as also as everybody else has said, he was a great one for not actually using his minutes up on his phone or using his phone. He'd ring you, <laughs> drop yeah. the phone so you had to ring him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was always a good, a good thing, thing of it. You say, oh, I've got a missed call. What's that from? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you'd read back and somebody else in the office would answer the phone and you knew he was trying to ring while he was in work and he'd been caught. So he dropped the phone for that reason. <laughs> but he was also great. He was also great for making you feel good. He, you know, he always knew every woman was on a diet. So the first thing he'd always say to you is, looking good, girlfriend, you've lost some weight, even though you knew he knew you, knew you hadn't. <laughs> but he, he always knew what to say to make you feel really good. Yeah, and also, I, I knew when I sort of think there was a few incidents like when he was poorly at summer camp and I drove him to the hospital in Brooks in Barnstable, and that was a bit scary. And the nurse said, and I said to him, if they think I'm your wife, you're in trouble, mate, sort of thing, just to make it lighten up the situation. Yeah, yeah. But it was, he was just the perf- most perfect gentleman ever. He was so polite. He just was amazing and, you know, never paid a bill. Always always got you to buy dinner and, you know, everybody else would have one course. He'd have three courses because somebody else was paying. Um, but that was him and he didn't mind because he was just the most lovely man with it all. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I mean, I, I, I sort of agree, agree with all that. And it's funny because, you know, most people that, um, you know, knew him, um, at that time we'd probably say the the same thing obviously we've you know we've had a few people here uh talking about him and what he was like and um the fact that uh um you know he was so friendly to everyone and i think i think that's why uh i and was, i've never really got over got over him really um you know even even at times when uh, i'm sure you you had this experience you know you'd be driving home late at night and all of a sudden the phone would ring and it'd be him i think and then he then he'd sort of like um uh put um uh some music on and uh he wouldn't even talk he'd just have the music on saying oh listen to this listen to this um and you'd be just there laughing um because he had this music on and you could hear him sort of singing in the background and you knew you need the other thing you knew was he was dancing in his car because you always loved uh, uh yeah. dancing, move, moving in his car so uh no, no that's brilliant no thank, thanks for that that sort of insight really into um you know your uh thoughts about him um you know, we're still still sad that, that he's gone, but um, I'm I'm trying to, uh, you know, just let everybody know what type of guy he was. And I say I'm I'm really sorry for anybody that didn't know him because he just made such a difference in everybody's lives. And like you say, I, even now sometimes I go, I wish I could phone him and tell him something. Yeah, you know, when, when my grandchildren were born and stuff like that, it was just like he would have been so happy and proud. You know. And it's just these times that you want to share stuff with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, you just can't anymore. And it's that's, and I just feel sorry for everybody that had, didn't have that relationship with him because he was just an amazing friend to yeah. his friends. Well, um, I've actually got, um, you know, while, while you're there, I've got uh, a little note um, from uh, Mr. Dennis Salt from, um, from Derby, part of Human Martial Arts. And he, he just put a few lines here and he said, um, Master Johnny Black, eighth degree, was still, was and still is well known and respected throughout martial arts. It would be hard to find anyone more dedicated to Taekwondo and always there to support Puma. We all remember him as a great martial artist, fitness freak, 
very approachable, would talk to anyone, great sense of humour, do almost anything for a laugh. To me, he was a good friend, colleague, great company and much more. Um, Johnny may be gone, but never forgotten. That's love and respect from uh, Dennis Salt. Which, uh, which again sums it up quite well. Really. That's so perfect in a few sentences, and it's just exactly what he was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, well, thanks for that, uh, Michelle. Really appreciate you know, just uh, taking a bit of time there just to s- chat about him. And um, uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll chat to you again soon. And um, yeah, thank you very much for everyone uh, again. Um, you know, who's who's had some input into this uh, Master Black uh, podcast. And um, hopefully we'll catch up with all of you soon. Thank you.